We talked about Rubik on the show, haven't we? The scary cartoon character that they decided to make that, you know, everything needed a cartoon to include Rubik's Cube. I don't know that I don't know that I've heard of Rubik the cartoon. It's horrific. I mean, they they made fucking Pac-Man into a Saturday morning cartoon. Terrible. What? Why? Oh, I have seen that. It's like a Benjamin Button Smurf baby with a. Yeah, it was like the the. It was like a a Smurf that was like in a video game, and the clipping was turned on, and he just got like stuck stuck inside of a fucking Rubik's cube. I am an affront to nature. Please kill me. Or they put like a Smurf and a Rubik's cube in the in the teleporter from the fly. Yeah. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. May God help those who stood in the way of business, progress, and the USA. What's more American than a monster truck on a aircraft carrier? A supermodel, blah blah blah, eating the supermodel uh, eating a cheeseburger in a monster the, truck, eating the new Hardee's like you know fucking colostomy burger four thousand or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> Over a pound and a half of raw beef, <laughs> lightly seared with a flamethrower, coated in bacon and served on an all-donut bun. Mm. I'd like to see the supermodel just instantaneously turn into Jabba the Hutt after eating that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or just clutches her arm and falls off the back of the truck. Into the water? Into the water. But you got to execute a perfect dive, you know. Oh, of course. Triple Indy. Oh, shit. Man, I'm disappointed that there was... I don't know how you can have an entire case of Gatorade and not a damn one of it is not that Diet nasty Gatorade. zero shit. Ugh. Now what, how, how am I supposed to get my electrolytes for this? Ma- the Mountain Dew you just slammed. Right. Well, that's that was more for the protein. What? <laughs> oh, did I say protein? I meant sugar. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nah. But at least it's better than it was getting getting kind of dry. So now it's time for iced tea. Anyway, welcome back to How the West is Fucked. How the West was fucked. If you were with us the last several weeks, there's a lot of names. The only ones you're going to remember is J. Edgar Hoover and <laughs> and I can't remember, uh, White. Basically, yeah, Agent White I, Man. I, I just pic- picture fucking Sam Elliott. Just... Actually, he looks more like the the cop that was standing next to Lee Harvey Oswald when he got shot. Oh, okay, he looks that exactly makes sense. Like oh yeah, guy. you gotta have that kind of cowboy hat. Yeah, like yep. the the more mm-hmm. civilized little cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. It's the only one that's acceptable in J. Edgar Hoover's FBI mm-hmm. or B B I. Yep, just the B I B I U B I U T I. You gotta wipe from front to back, dude. That's right. So. Oh, uh, so we're going to continue with the Comic Sans and the lovely NPR voice. There you go. I was just going to try to find the picture you were talking about. Oh. Oh. What? The well, Photoshop, go to his, Photoshop version where he's playing the keyboards or something? Go to his Tinder profile. Oh, yeah, that one. Where it sits, it's like sits really high like, up oh, on your head. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty much like the Hank Williams, you know. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's a weird looking hat. It was a simpler time. Ain't no boss of the planes. Nope. It's like the assistant to the regional manager of the planes. <laughs> 
That'd be rad. Like the higher up, the higher up you get, and the like, the police enforcement like hierarchy, the bigger your hat gets. That wasn't that did that some some shit on? Wasn't that like that wasn't a Blazing Saddles thing or something? But yeah, like when you're at a cow- okay. when you're a cowboy gang, you know, you got that full on ten, ten gallon shit. Yeah, yeah. And, the and man with the biggest hat. If you're the dickhead with the bowler, you're like the red shirt. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all about the size of the hat. That's right. <laughs> no, it's how you use it. <laughs> Anyway, all these loose ends that uh, the FBI agent White, Mr. Tom White, they're all leaning back to the king of the county, William Hale. Oh, shit. Ma- imagine that. Like the corrupt supervillain type dude might actually be the corrupt supervillain. Yep. But I also failed to mention the other cliffhanger when I w- we left out. Uh, oh, we're going to start this one with a cliffhanger? <laughs> yep. Nice. Also in all these meetings of, of nefariousness, is his nephew, Ernest Burkhart, Molly's husband. The Riddler. Yep. Molly, the only one left. Right. Yep. Uh-oh. So he's in it on too. Well, that's the thing is she's like, ah, I'm slowly being poisoned. And you're always like, well, why just stop eating the stuff people are giving you? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, like- but uh, Agent Tom White, first time he saw a man hanged, he was just a boy. And boy, oh boy, he knew what he wanted to do with the rest of his life. <laughs> Because his dad was the sheriff in Austin in the late 1800s or 1880s. Oh, my God. Tom was born in 1881, and his mom died when he was six. That left his dad, Emmett, to raise five kids at the jail. At the jail? Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I want to see that fucking, uh, you know, uh, Charles in Charge mm-hmm. type yeah, right? sitcom. <laughs> Charles in Charge. So, uh, Tom, when he was growing up, he could look out his window and see some of the cells. It's like going to the zoo every day, only that guy's a rapist and that guy's a fucking meth dealer. When a riot broke out, the kids ran to the neighbors to get help. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I would, aren't they allowed to just shoot at him with their slingshots or something? But uh, Tom's dad, Emmett, he was fair with the prisoners. He didn't let a mob hang a black guy. That's nice. That's very nice of him. Wow. Uh, Tom did get to watch a prisoner stab his dad. <laughs> like for his birthday? Yep. <laughs> What do, you, what do you want to do for your birthday, son? <sighs> Much better than a clown in anyway. York. Yeah, fucking far less traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like his dad was going to die, but his dad popped out the prisoner's eye, and no, that, that ended the fight there. <laughs> popped out the prisoner's eye, shoved it in the wound, <laughs> thus sealing the hole, <laughs> making a cork popping kind of sound. Uh, Tom got to see his first hanging at twelve. So that's not too early. Got to start him early. Basically a man at that point. Like the Fisher Price, my first hanging. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The fucking, uh, yeah, the Playmobil gallows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Comes a little executioner, a little little priest, chaplain dude. Yeah. So seeing that at 12, he kind of became opposed to capital punishment for some reason. Uh, 1905, he becomes a Texas Ranger. So did his brother Dudley and his other brother Doc. Fuck yeah. Dudley Once again, sitcom material. These kids were, that were raised in the prison and all become Texas Rangers. <laughs> and it's Tom, Dudley, and Doc. Come on. Oh, that's a I, show. I forgot uh, Coley. He also becomes a, a, a sheriff of Travis County. Coley? Mm-hmm. That's not a name. Nope. Now, I got notes on that one. There's got to be something <laughs> more, more doc, Doc-like. Tom got married in 1908. In 1909, uh, this is when he was a ranger, one of his friends got shot in the face by a deputy sheriff and Ooh. died. Well, I mean... Thank God. I would not. Again. He, so he gave up his ranger job after that. Okay. No. Yeah. So 1917, that's when he joins the Bureau of, of the pre-FBI Bureau. Uh, 1918, his brother Dudley dies in the line of duty. So Dudley drops dead in the line of duty? Yep. Mm-hmm. 
So now White is checking into the story of the Schoen brothers, the doctors. Also, they went with a lawyer and they visit Bill Smith right before he died. They asked the nurse to leave. Uh Uh-oh. White's investigators grilled them and eventually James Schoen uh, said that Bill Smith said that Hale blew them up real good. Okay. So Hale's Hale's, a... Main suspect? Yep. The Mad Bomber? Mm -hmm. He's the joker of this fucking nefarious quarterie of prairie villains. This town needs an enema. So this meeting wasn't for the Shones and the lawyer tried to, to, you know, try to get the name of the killer. They had Bill Smith's murdered wife, Rita's estate, put into the name of James Shone, the administrator. No. They asked if Bill knew what he was signing and they they say, I suppose he did. I suppose. I suppose. These guys are supposed to be doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So White just starts following the money. Show me the money. Yep. So he starts looking into all these guardians. Uh, Many would purchase goods at their own stores for their wards at inflated prices. Of course. Uh, One guy bought a car for $250, then resold it to his ward for $1,250. Fucking hell, man. Many would just outright steal, though. Probably maybe as much as $8 million. Before Jesus. 1925 and, and that money. So, uh, but it was well known among the Osages, but what could they really do about it? Right. Yeah. Well, appeal to the federal government to help them. <laughs> but <laughs> that's been kind of a handshit on a pub handle at the moment. Mm-hmm. Useless. Uh, Useless. So if you remember the insurance salesman, he was the undercover insurance salesman. Mm-hmm. Worst and, superhero ever. Mm-hmm. In September, he stopped at a gas station in Fairfax. And was shot. Mm-hmm. Really? No. No. Oh. Uh, from the store clerk, he found out that Hale had burned his own pasture for the insurance money, ah. and he gets 30000 that way. Uh, White tried to learn more about how Hale was named in Henry Roan's beneficiary in 1923. Hale would have been a suspect at that time, two years before, or actually three. Also, I bet Hale burning his own shit. Like, he gets the insurance money, and he do- he looks, like, less guilty because he's like, oh, they're after me, too. Yeah, well. but notice the, you know... Of anything they could have burned, you don't like burn down your barn. You literally burn something that'll grow back next year. Right. Mm-hmm. You're out really nothing but yeah. one year. It's not like these guys, I'm going to assume that's not like his only pasture. Right. You know. But of course, White learns that none of the local law enforcement ever look into Hale as any suspect on any of this. fucking pocket. Mm-hmm. You figured it out. You know. Okay, now he could quit. So White tracked out the insurance uh, salesman who sold that policy to Hale as, as Roan's beneficiary. Uh, Hale claimed that he was named beneficiary since Roan owned him, owed him so much money over the years because uh, he kept borrowing his own, yeah, his his own, own money. money from him. Uh, the salesman said he could only be a beneficiary if only Roan owed him the money. So Hale claimed that he owed ten dollars or $12,000, but he wanted the policy for twenty five. dollars uh-huh. uh, So White thought this was all BS. Yep. If he did owe him $10,000, all Hale had to do was present uh, a receipt when Roan had died, and he probably would have got the estate to pay for it. The salesman said that he was friends with Hale and only wrote the policy for the commission. He also had to have a doctor sign off on Roan, who was a heavy drinker, to say that he wasn't a risk of dying <laughs> for the insurance. <laughs> well, it's the 1920s. They're, you know, mm-hmm. risk of dying everything you do. You know, yep. drinking nice lead lead laced water and yep. or, or Mountain Dew. Yep. Which at the time was probably white lightning, which would probably kill you too. Which is stuff that tickles your innards mm-hmm. on the original mm-hmm. Mountain Dews. <laughs> it's the uranium tickling. Mm-hmm. So they were looking for uh, uh, the doctor who signed off on it. 
uh, actually, uh, Hale, so the first policy was denied. So Hale simply goes to another company. Uh, this time he says Roan owed him $25,000. And the policy was signed by Roan and dated January 1921. But uh, looking at the document, uh, you could tell that the January was changed from July because it, it was J-A-N-Y, changed oh. from July. It's like, he, who? I don't even think in 1920 they would abbreviate it that way. Right. They also talked to the doctor who signed off on Roan on the second try on the policy, and he asked Hale, quote, what are you trying to do, kill this Indian? And Hale said, hell yes. Oh, fuck. Damn. And Hale was one of the pallbearers, too. Oh, fuck. Damn, that's fucking evil, man. Mm, yeah. This is straight-up movie movie evil here. After Roan's murder, Hale also tried to build a case against Roy Bunch, who was at the time fucking Roan's wife. Uh, White talked to Bunch. He said that after the funeral, Hale had told Bunch that he might want to leave town because people think that he did it because Hale told everybody that he did it. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. I'm, I'm sure he was also like, uh, kind of conveniently, if he leaves town, we can disappear him too so nobody mm-hmm. can cross-examine him. Or at least if Bunch leaves town, that it'd make him look guilty at yep. least. But his friends talk him out of leaving town, so he stays. So Hale stopped by Roan's widow house, widow's house to get her to sign over some his claims. His widow house. <laughs> To sign over some claims to his estate, Hale even left her a bottle of whiskey, but she didn't want to drink it because she thought it might be poisonous for some reason. Because it probably fucking probably was. So White is getting plenty of evidence now, but most of it's kind of circumstantial and no direct proof, even though it's pretty obvious. Uh, before the murder, Hale attempted to buy Roan's head right, uh, which is the claim to the, all the oil. Right. Oh, okay. Hale knew it was illegal to do so, but he thought it would soon be overturned. Because money. Mm-hmm. Probably not a bad investment. Mm-hmm. But the only legal way to get the head rights was to inherit them. And with all the different deaths, Molly Burkhart was getting everybody else's head rights from her family because she's the only one left. Oh, shit. Yeah. So he's like, he's he's making sure it all gets consolidated under yeah. one person and mm-hmm. then he can like get a, adopted by them or something? Or, or, or no. he could marry her or adopt her or... Well, okay. Molly is the last one left, and right. she's married to Hale's nephew, Ernest. Oh, so oh shit. All right. Who did exactly what Hale told him to do. So now this is all making sense, hopefully. for Yeah. It is now, yeah. <laughs> I love it when a convoluted fucking extended story comes together. <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. So the sequence of the deaths fit. Anna was divorced and had no kids, so all her head rights went to her mom, Lizzie, who willed her money to Molly and Rita. So if Rita and Bill died simultaneously, like in an explosion, the head right would go directly to Molly. But Bill was a dumbass, and he survived for a couple of days. lingered. So that head right went to his relatives. Not a team player, Bill. (laughs) But Molly still had most of the head rights in the family. So White wondered if Ernest, uh, the four years before Anna's death, was legit, the marriage between Ernest and Molly, mm. and if the plan was hatched well before that. So this is years in the making. Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's fucking one that ice cold, man. One that doesn't involve <laughs> stupid shit like Tom Hanks drinking baby blood. <laughs> <laughs> so White knew that he needed extra, extra evidence on Hale since he was such a good, upstanding citizen. That's, I mean, that's usually your first fucking indicator. So uh, he also knew that he had all the locals in his pockets. 
Uh, Scott Mathis, that was the Big Hill Trading Company owner. He was under uh, Hale's influence because he was also the guardian of, guardian of Anna and Lizzie. And all the local law was paid off by Hale, too, obviously. So Hoover wanted this case to kind of showcase the new bureau to make it all look like we, yeah, like cool guys in Luke shiny not shoes. Incompetent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, before the bureau, Hoover was a clerk at the Library of Congress. Good. That's most of his experience. So he filed all the bureau's info under like a Dewey Decimal-like system. Well, I mean, that's not terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It probably also explains why he's so uptight about people getting the fucking paperwork done correctly. Mm-hmm. And God, he, he must have been a joy to hang around. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And he touted scientific policing. Yes. Like fingerprints and ballistics. And beakers. Mm-hmm. And Bunsen burners. <laughs> Big men with screwdrivers turning, turning things, things and adjusting them. <laughs> Start here at Goofy Clownface. White knew that Hale couldn't be tried on a state or local level because the courts wouldn't convict him because he's a white guy. So he tried to get uh, one of the henchmen to talk again. Uh, One of the henchmen was Dick Gregg, who had recently been put in the Kansas pen for 10 years for robbery. So Gregg was worried about Hale offing him, but he wanted to reduce his sentence. So eventually he talks to White. If you get offed, your sentence ends. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Quit being a crybaby. Uh, he said in 1922, Hale met with him and Al Spencer, and Hale said he would pay him $2,000 to kill Bill Smith and Rita. Spencer said he couldn't be that cold-blooded, but Greg said, uh, I can. <laughs> <laughs> if you see here on my CV, cold-bloodedness is one of my salient <laughs> So in order to back up that story, White would need Spencer, but uh, he, earlier he had been gunned down by local lawmen. Mm. Greg also gave him the name of Curly Johnson, who is a stick-up man with Blackie Thompson. Curly, Curly Johnson. Johnson. Like Donald Duck. Yeah, right. The penis of an Argentine lake duck is a 16-inch long corkscrew that explosively launches a male sperm into any female he fancies. But since female ducks fancy choosing their own baby daddies, they have evolved reproductive tracts that spiral the opposite way. But Curly, it turned out, was dead too, and he was poisoned by alcohol. No. Mm, don't drink that Mountain Dew. Too late. Uh, White went to see Henry Grammer. Uh, he found out that he and Hale went away went way back. They're good old buddies. They there's a, they're in the same rodeo contest in 1909. Say rodeo or radio? Rodeo. Okay. What's a radio contest? Where you have to hold your pee for like 24 hours oh. and you, and then, and then you die. Week, then you die. Yeah. <laughs> you got to stand around the car and keep your hand on the car. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there, there's both. There's a lady that was supposed to. Yeah, hold your wee for a wee. And yeah, and then. Didn't she get like toxic? Or, no, that was the one where she had to slam all the water, and she got like what is they like not not toxoplasmosis. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it's called, but it, yeah, basically if you don't if you don't, she was hydroxy fucked. Yeah, or hydro hydro poisoned. Hydro poisoned. Hale had told friends he was going to the fat stock shows at Fort Worth right before the house blew up. Fat stock shows. It's like a like a cow selling. Oh, okay, yeah. it's like the I'm gonna buy some fat cows. Oh, yep. okay. I was thinking more like, um, what do you call it, the uh, agricultural fair that like uh, Napoleon Dynamite goes to. Oh. And he's like, this milk tastes like onions. Fucking, he got into an onion patch. <laughs> Delicious. It's fine. It's just good old-fashioned whole milk. Correct again. You're in first place. Yes. So White heard Grammar and uh, Hale go to this. And a witness said that he heard Hale and talk with Grammar before the murders, whispering something about, quote-unquote, that Indian deal. We're going to take care of that Indian deal. These guys are so clandestine. Well, mm-hmm. that's the fucked up part, is 
everybody's well, not everybody, but so much incompetence. Yet they keep on, on getting away with everything. Yeah, totally. But so now White has to find Grammar to back up this story. But of course, Grammar was dead. Three months after the explosion, Grammar's car slid out of control, flipped, and killed him. Yeah, White gets another name, Asa Kirby. He was known as a soup man. Soup man? An explosives expert. Oh. Soup man! Because he turns you into soup? Mm hmm. Sure. But of course, he couldn't testify too because he was dead too. Fuck, dude. Okay. He's the guy who was trying to break into that jewelry store and got blasted, and Hale was oh, the yeah. guy who tipped off the store owner. Oh, wow. That's mm-hmm. pretty creative. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so White checks in the wreck of uh, the Grammar's car. Uh, people told him that the car was tampered with, the brakes and the steering. Curly Johnson's widow said that he was poisoned. Uh, White found another witness in the Roan case that had been bludgeoned to death, too. Wow. I think it's, White just needs to just go shoot Hale, because that's all you're going to be able to do. Totally. Mm-hmm. And there's fucking nobody left. Yeah. Like, you have your all your victims, and then all the people that conspired with fucking Hale yeah. to do this shit also fucking bit you know bit it too yeah mm-hmm. hale seemed to know that white was after him what gave you what tipped you <laughs> off jesus christ and he was uh spreading around more gifts to the community oh, oh. I like, Here's, like, like i a, bought this with the money i stole from i you. bought yeah. this pistol i want you to have it yeah <laughs> keep your fucking mouth shut for, for when this cop comes for me mm-hmm. he also just brags openly about eluding the law jesus then white got another clue out of the blue he met with the governor of Oklahoma. And a prisoner at the state pen named Burt Lawson. Okay. He, he said he had info on the case. Uh, Lawson was from Osage County. And in 1922, he was charged with killing a fisherman. Okay. But he got off. Because uh, fishermen aren't people either. Well, they're, they're property. It's maritime law when it, the guy was in a boat. Oh, so. right, right. <laughs> the Navy has to come <laughs> in, to International it. waters. Yeah, Coast Guard <laughs> jurisdiction. Uh, supposedly that fisherman came after him with a knife. But three years later, he was convicted of burglary and got seven years. Okay. The fisherman or the... The, de- uh, the dead fisherman? Oh, right. Lawson. In 1918, Lawson worked f- uh, for Bill Smith as a ranch hand. So he also knew Hale and Ernest and Brian. Uh, in 1921, Lawson found out that Bill Smith was fucking his wife. So he quits working for him. So Ernest knew this and asked him to blow up Bill and Rita Smith. And Ernest is Molly's husband. Wow. Blowing up his in-laws. Uh, Lawson turned him down, though, uh, so Hale himself comes to see him, and he promised $5,000. Uh, he said to use nitro, and basically just... Don't tell me how to do my fucking job. <laughs> I, do you know who I am? I'm a motherfucking soup man. Yeah. Come have, and slap the dynamite out of your mouth while you're working. Oh, <laughs> uh, the soup man's dead. He was the no. one who shot. Well, he, he's another soup man. Yep. Um, soon be a soup man. We used to... My mom used to make this brand of soup. It was like instant soup. It was called, uh, Zoop Man Soup. So, but I, whenever he says suit man, I can, all I can do is picture the character from the box of that. Was he wearing like a zoot suit? It was just a guy wearing a chef's coat and chef's hat, but he was like, no, he was wearing a pot on his head. That's what it was. Yeah, backwards <laughs> pot on his head. <laughs> and just carrying, I think carrying a cauldron of soup. What's it called? Zoop? Zoop, Zoop man. Z-O-O-P. Probably it's figured out it was noodles. causing cancer or something. So. I don't know. Now I'm hungry for it, though. <laughs> oh, it's made by Lipton? Is it? Yeah, that would make sense. Lipton giggle noodle with real chicken broth soup Giggle mix. noodle. <laughs> Stop talking about my genitals in that. <laughs> Ringo noodle with real chicken That's broth. That's what we had is the Ringo noodle. 
Yeah, look at this motherfucker. Yeah, I know. I'm looking at him right now. He's kind of doing some Sergeant Pepper shit. Kind of. He's like a... He's far more rambunctious and flamboyant than I remember. Yeah, well, he's like... He's from like a... Uh, fuck, what's that movie? Yellow Submarine. They, where they all live in the fucking... Uh, Yellow Submarine. Gar- in the, uh, the dump. Oh, uh, uh, street trash? Street trash. He's just like found some random clothes in a pile, put a soup pot on well, his head. Well, he's got fucking go-go boots. Yeah, I mean, he found them. And kind of Zubas. <laughs> Zoop man. Yeah, but that's that's what I picture every time Will says the soup man like, cometh or explodeth. <laughs> Two circus puppets inside. Cool. What? Like, like, a, like an alien movie? It's on the back of the fucking the Ringo Noodle box, and I it just says, that. "Kids, two circus puppets inside." That's a threat. <laughs> Reach into this boiling pot of soup to get it. Yeah, what the fuck is a circus puppet? Um, I don't remember that. Looks like there's a zebra and a lion on this one. Okay. Yeah, then they change it to the the less flamboyant, just Ringo Noodle. Bleh. Boo! Eat this when you have a flu. Bring back Zoop Man. Yep. You should only eat cartoon food. Yep. Especially this shit was like, it was pretty much sodium sodium noodle water. Mm. It, <laughs> it says re- with real chicken broth, man. Yeah, and the chicken broth was really, really shelf-stabilized with a fuckload of salt. The giggle noodle is funny because he's got his hand over his face like... Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just peed in your soup, as you can see by the... <laughs> Cold spoon. As you can see by the uh, very, you know, urine-like broth. What they call it in uh, the core discovery, then they have a special name for the uh, instant soup or whatever. Oh, yeah, pocket soup. Pocket oh, soup. Yeah, pocket yeah, soup. pocket <laughs> soup. That's what it was. Ooh, Bhutani <laughs> cars and bikes. Cool. <laughs> All right. Good thing we didn't get off topic. Yes. Nope. Yeah, we're going to have to edit that one down. No. <laughs> Darn tootin'. So uh, Hale goes to see uh, Lawson. He says, uh, he even pulls out a fuse and lights it. He said, this is all you have to do. Just to show him how to do it. And Lawson turns him turns him down again. But after he was arrested for killing the fisherman, Hale offered to get him out if he did the blowing up stuff. <laughs> so now he agrees to it. The suit man called out a blowjob, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So one night, a deputy just lets him out of the cell, and uh, he walks out, and Hale's just waiting outside in the car. Hale has entirely too much fucking power in this mm-hmm. town, dude. <laughs> uh, also in the car is Ernest. Uh, so they drop off Lawson. Who hides the nitro downstairs, and he lights it and runs. And uh, Hale returned him to jail afterwards and warned Lawson, quote, if you ever cheap about this to anyone, I'll kill you. If you ever cheap about it, mm-hmm. like Tommy Wiseau. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> chicken, Peter, you just a little chicken. Cheap, 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 cheap. How are you calling a chicken? Come on. You're not good. You, you're just a chicken. Chip, 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 chip. Wait, wait, wait. He says, I'll get you out of jail if you blow this fucking house up. So he gets him out of jail. He blows the house up. Then he goes back to jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a perfect crime. He's in jail the whole time. What the There's fuck? There's no way he could do well, yeah. well, Why did he do it? He didn't, get, he didn't get out of jail. No, no, no. It's like he lets him out. It's like... Yeah, I guess why would you want to go back? Well, I'm yeah, picturing he fuck like you, I'm running away. he carved a fake, he made a paper mache, you know, head and did the sleeping. <laughs> yeah, you know when they do bed check and then he's out blowing up the house and then perfect alibi. And then maybe Hale will pull some strings later to try to get him out. No, so he did get him out of jail. Oh, he did. But he went back to jail because he robbed somebody. Oh, oh, oh he got I, in trouble I with some other shit. Okay. okay, all right. I totally misinterpreted what yeah. the fuck you were talking about. Uh, so in October, uh, White's only three months in, and he wires Hoover that uh, he got him. But uh, White worried about Molly. She said that uh, Ernest was often drunk, 
and uh, said that he worried about what might happen to her. So Ernest would get drunk, talk, and he's like, I'm, I'm worried that something bad might happen to you because my uncle might make me do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was more menacing. I'd like be sure of fucking shame if something were to happen to that pretty face, right. wouldn't it? So Ren, he's the undercover Ute. He said that the priest told him that uh, Molly told uh, the priest that she was worried about being poisoned. And the priest told her not to drink any liquor that Ernest gave her. But in reality, it was the Schoen brothers, the doctors, who were supposed to be injecting her with insulin, were probably just poisoning her. Oh, oh, shit. So he, he paid off the fucking doctors, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, we've done some tests, and you have diabetes. Diabetes, diabetes. Here, yep. we're going to give you medicine, quote unquote, and then they're just fucking poisoning her the whole time? <laughs> that's fucking evil, dude. Yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. evil. That's fucked. So the end of December 1925, uh, though many details weren't confirmed yet, White rushed to get warrants out for Hale and Ernest for the Bill and Rita Smith murder. Also, Nettie, too, that they didn't find the body. Since they couldn't rest because the FBI couldn't arrest anybody at the time, they right. had Sheriff Frey it, the big fat guy. Oh, good. He was elected back into office, probably with help from Hale. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Ernest was picked up in a pool hall, but Hale was nowhere around. They worried he skipped town. But then later, Hale just strolls into the sheriff's office. He says, I understand I'm wanted. So he's still a cocky bastard. Oh, I thought he was like dumb and like, ooh, crisis averted. (laughs) Got away. So now he can come back and respawn. Yeah, right. Still cool, right? So White knew Hale would obviously never confess to it. So he goes to work on Ernest. Hey, Barn. For hours and hours. Uh, White thought he had some remorse in him, but no dice at the time. Hale had bolstered his alibi and he uh, said he received a telegram in Texas that night and he signed for it. Uh, White knew that he only had a few hours before Hale's lawyers turned up with a, with that telegram and to get him out. So he had to act quickly. So in the same penitentiary was Blackie Thompson, who was led out to be the informant, but he killed a cop while he was out. Can't not kill Fucked people. up so bad, dude. Like, what the hell? So, uh, White doesn't even ask Hoover, which is probably a big no-no. Oh, uh, Hoover. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, he has Blackie taken to Guthrie, where they're doing the interviews. Woody he, or Arlo? Both. Oh, okay. White told Blackie he couldn't reduce his sentence. White told Blackie that? Mm-hmm. But eventually, Blackie talked. I was going to say that happened a lot in American history. Yeah. <laughs> he said that Hale asked him to blow up Bill and Rita, but he didn't want to go through it with it. Uh, White then worked on Ernest. He said that he had Blackie ready to testify against him. Ernest didn't believe him, so they brought in Blackie to the same room. And Ernest looked stunned. Shot him. Uh, you wish. <laughs> Blackie said, quote, I told him everything. And Ernest looked defeated. Uh, it looked like Ernest would confess, but would just kind of stop, stop himself. So around midnight, they quit. And White goes off to bed. He wasn't asleep for long, though. And the phone rings. And Ernest was ready to spill the beans on his uncle. Oh, I, thank God. Well, you're, I wonder what made him change his mind. Well, I'm just saying you're totally expecting, and, you know, the phone rang and Ernest had, had m- been met shot. an unfortunate bathtub with a toaster totally, fucking yeah. system. System? I don't know if that, it's a well, system. The, oh, God, okay, yeah, keep going. Yeah, Ernest wasn't ridiculous. 100% bad. I think he's right. He still kind of loved his wife in, right. way, in, in his own way. <laughs> but Ernest said he always followed his uncle's orders. He said he asked, he said Hale asked Blackie and Curly first, then Al Spencer, then Henry Grammer, 
Then Asa Kirby agreed to do it. Lawson was making up his story later, and he later admitted to it. So Lawson didn't even blew it up. He was just asked to. Oh. But he heard that story in jail. He didn't even blew it up, huh? Yep. So like my daughter. Blew yep. it up real good. <laughs> so Hale goes to Fort Worth with Grammer uh, that night. He told Kirby through John Ramsey to do it that night. So, you know, just to have an alibi. Right. Uh, Ernest also said that Ramsey killed Henry Roan. So Ramsey was brought in, who didn't want to talk until they brought in Ernest. Then he confessed. He said he shot Roan in the creek after giving him whiskey. Ooh, right probably- the creek. Oh, my creek. Uh- <laughs> uh, Ramsey would call Roan, quote, the Indian and not use his name. So cool. yeah. he's obviously feeling guilty about it. Uh, he said to justify his crime, Ramsey said, quote, white people in Oklahoma thought no more of killing an Indian than they did in 1724. Oh, you're an asshole. Which so, had to be really good because there wasn't even any white people in Oklahoma in 1724. <laughs> There's probably Spanish, but. Uh, white asked about Anna. Ernest didn't want to talk and implicate his brother Brian, but he did say the third man in the car was Kelsey Morrison, the same guy White let out as an informant. Uh, who turned out to be a double agent. Oh, no. And he ke- keeps working for Hale. Ernest said Morrison shot Anna. So, they no, no, they shouldn't make a movie out of this story. They should make, like, a fucking, uh, what, like, one season of, um, of like, a, a soap opera. Yeah. That's what it is. It's yeah. just like, you know, then she finds out that they're actually related and they've been fucking for a long time. I'm just going to make a more convoluted version of the game Clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, totally. And just, you know, call it Osage. And, you know, there's only 80 different suspects to choose from. <laughs> bare hands strangulation, blowed up real good. Yeah, bare hands in the Model A in the canyon. <laughs> so the authorities went up to round up Morrison, also to check up on Molly, too, because she seemed near death. And, of course, they were certain that she was being poisoned. Ernest never... Well, I hope they put a fucking stop to it after they figured it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ernest never admitted well, to keep, poisoning keep his wife. Strict nine. Because maybe he couldn't bear to admit it. Uh, but it's possible that Hale was doing it without his knowledge through the doctors. Right. Uh, the Schoen brothers were brought in. They were acting old cagey. Uh, White asked him, were you uh, giving Molly insulin? And they said, sure uh, it was insulin. Uh, I may have been. <laughs> that's what they <laughs> what? said. What? That, that <laughs> great doctor in the guys. Well, that's that sleazy shit answer. Yeah, you know? yeah. Then the authorities uh, bring in Molly. Uh, she was informed that Ernest may have been involved in all her family members' deaths. She couldn't believe something like that, and she said that she still loved him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So White takes all this evidence to Hale. Uh, he also heard from people that Hale had an affair with Anna and might have fathered that baby. Oh, Jesus. Hale was confident that, quote, money will buy protection or acquittal of any man of any crime in Osage County. Oh, God. So White gives him one more chance to confess, and, you know, you don't want a long trial and all this stuff coming out. Yeah. And Hale says, oh, I'll just fight it. I'll take oh, my yeah. chances. He's that, he's that dickhead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, just put a bullet in his fucking head. Yeah. So White had connected Hale to the Roan murder and the Bill and Rita murders, but there's at least 24 more. Jesus Christ. Including the white people, the lawyer Vaughn, and the oil man McBride. It's too bad they don't just have the power to be able to just like seize his assets or freeze them at least. Yeah, totally. Because that's it's what like, would get him to that's cave. His, that's his superpower. Yeah, well, like, that, that's what yeah, he's got. that's his fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, white tied Hale to at least two of them. Uh, George Bigheart was poisoned and had been seen with Hale right before he went to the hospital. And after he died, Hale made a claim on his estate for $6,000. Ernest said Hale had been practicing George's handwriting. Fuck's sake, oh. Jesus. 
Uh, White tied Hale to the poisoning of uh, Joe Bates, another Osage. Uh, Hale produced a dubious deed to his land, but Bates's widow told him the told the Office of Indian Affairs that Hale was keeping her husband drunk for a year straight and trying to get him to sell his land, but Bates always refused. But after his death, Hale got that land. Of course. God damn. Because Hale gets what Hale wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of all the power of Hale, he knew, uh, White knew that trying him in a state court would be useless. Power Hale. But the feds could only prosecute if the crime happened on Osage land. But the land was allotted, and a lot of them had been sold, so uh, they have to prove that uh, at least the, the Roan case had been on Osage land, and the feds were trying trying to try that case first, because right. that seemed a little more likely. Hale got Ramsey a lawyer, and, and he quickly recants his confession. Then the trial starts. Another Hale of crony, a pastor, was charged with committing perjury. Another was arrested for trying to get a witness drunk. Well, I mean... Uh, crooked PIs that Hale hired were trying to make witnesses disappear. Oh, you said crooked PIs. Mm-hmm. I heard cricket, pr- cricket PIs, and I'm like, the Jim- fuck? Yeah, Jiminy. Yep. Jiminy. A uh, plot to kill Kelsey Morrison's wife, who agreed to testify, was planned. But the would-be-the killer was arrested for robbery before he could do it. God damn it. What a lawless uh, fucking hellscape. Mm-hmm. Tom White gets word that a former Al Spencer, Spencer gang member was in town trying to kill federal agents. Oh, good. So White and some others show up to uh, where he was staying and with guns. And fucked him up? No, he, they just ask, I hear you're going to run us out of town. Yeah, bitch. What's up, shit ass? Run, run me out of town, <laughs> shit ass. Bring it. <laughs> he said, oh, I'm just a friend of Bill Hills. I just happened to be in town at the time. and then You know, happened to fucking leave town. Yep, what you happened to do. Yep. Quickly, he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Parade Grounds. It's the Insane on the Plains Monster Wagon Rally. Brought to you by Manifest Destiny and Mountain Dew. We have 40 big Calistoga wagons crushing other Calistoga wagons for no reason. All your favorites will be there. Grave Digger, Wife Beater, Bigfoot, and the Chubacabra. And an evil weevil will attempt to jump the 20-foot deep Platte River Gorge on his rocket horse. Free face painting and scalping for the kids. Pit passes, only two cents. Well, it's more of a shallow grave. Sunday, 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 Sunday at the Fort Laramie Parade Grounds. The Insane on the Plains Monster Wagon Rally. Admission is only a nickel, but you only need the edge of your seat. Actually, we don't have seats, so bring your road! Ernest, uh, he was sure that his uncle was going to have him killed. Uh, White had Wren uh, sneak Ernest out of the state till the trial started and guard him. Uh, Molly still believed that Ernest had nothing to do with it. And she becomes distraught after Ernest didn't come home after a couple of days. So White let her meet him and said that they could write letters. Aww. That's nice. So March 1st, 1926, White uh, gets some bad news. So the judge agreed with the defense that the Roan killing was on an allotment of uh, Indian land. Watch it. What's up? It's coming. What? Oh. Oh. 
those fucking things. Yeah. What? Crossbow. Uh, what are they called? Crossbow. Yeah, crossbow. It's got like two wheels in the front and like one in the back. Oh. And it fits like one and a half people. It's like an awesome race car if you're some kind of future moron. It's it, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's it's like a. It's something that was kind, on uh, it, Eastbound and Down at, at some point. Kind oh, of wants to be, to be cool. It, it, it's c- cooler than those like one wheel things, but less cool than a, like a normal car, I guess. Depending on the type of car. God, these things are stupid looking. That's what I'm saying. I'm from the future, and I'm a douchebag. If if I was going to get something like this, I would get the fucking Honda Atom. I don't know that one. Uh, the Yeah, the body is just like... Oh, yeah, it's just... It's the, just a tube, steel tube frame. Yeah, and they drive one of those on Top Gear, uh-huh. where they, and they just fucking cook. Yeah, yeah, you can see, like, uh, Clarkson's face just... Like, yeah. all this flabby face stuff starts... Jowls. Well, jowls just like, hanging back. The best three-wheel car was the Dale, if you know that story. The Dale? The Dale, yep. The yep. one that never got made. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 1926 March, they get bad news that the court said that it wasn't on tribal lands, so it had to be in state court. Oh, fuck. They could appeal it, but that would take months, and by then, Hale and Ramsey would be released. So, just as Hale and Ramsey were in court celebrating their release, Sheriff Frey's come up and, and tells them that they are arrested for the bombing, <laughs> for, the Bill, for the Bill and Rita murders. Take that. So White filed charges on them on the state level just to keep them behind bars. They knew that they wouldn't be connect, uh, convicted on state level, but they hoped the Supreme Court would come through on that first case. So in March, a prelim hearing was held, and it was packed, and the paper said it would be bigger than the Scopes monkey trial oh God. of the year before. <sighs> so that's where we're at. In you know what the Scopes monkey trial is, no. right? No. It's where they let the monkey be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's teaching evolution. Yeah, schools. getting getting. Did, he didn't just get fired. I think he got what jail time for trying to teach evolution in school, didn't he? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fucking the preacher lawyer. You know, like fuck. Look it up. Me, meanwhile, you can be like fucking made up. Made up people actually made you. And yeah, yeah. Out of dirt. Out of dirt and shit, and <laughs> then a rib. Science. So as soon as that uh, hearing was held, uh, one of Hale's lawyers stood up and demanded that White be searched for weapons and kicked out. (laughs) The crowd hooted. White opened his coat to to show that he wasn't armed, and he said he would leave if the judge wanted him to, and the judge said, no, that's that's okay. You're a cop. Yeah. This is stupid. (laughs) Uh, Ernest said that uh, that he was afraid that Hale would kill him, then in took, the courtroom? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a pretty open, shut case if he, like, jumps out of his chair and just <laughs> stabs him. <laughs> so he takes the sand, and then one of Hale's lawyers stands up and says, that's my witness. <sighs> the judge asked Ernest, and he said yes, and he steps down and goes sits at the defense side of the table. With Hale? Mm-hmm. The fuck? So the next morning, Ernest refused to testify for the state. Oh, motherfucker. He would testify for the defense, though, and he recants all his previous statements. The prosecutors then filed charges on Ernest. Fuck yeah. And started his trial first, hoping, <laughs> hoping that he would gain that, that, leverage. That might jar um, something loose, you yep. motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, money. Meanwhile, money meanwhile White, White just goes to his motel room or whatever every night and just drowns a bottle of scotch. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just migraine, you know, <laughs> these motherfuckers. 
So it's Ernest's trial now. So during that trial, uh, Hale the, takes the stand and said that White pointed a gun in his face and threatened to beat the shit out of him for a confession. Fuck you. He also said that he tried to hook him up to the juice, the electricity, okay. and shock him. Uh, so Hoover gets word of this and was pissed, uh, though he didn't believe that White would do that. Uh, but the, the U.S. senator from Oklahoma lobbied Hoover to fire White and his oh, guys. You motherfuckers. Wow. Wow. Hale's, Hale's got his fucking fingers in a lot of fucking honeypots. No mm-hmm. shit. Uh, Kelsey Morrison, the double crosser, was called to the stand. Uh, Morrison again flipped and testified for the feds. He told all about Hale blowing up Bill and Rita and how he and Brian got Anna drunk and then took her out and shot her. Uh, Morris's ex-wife had been driven out with him and testified against him, too. Oh, they went, like, on a fucking picnic? Mm-hmm. It's fucked. Uh, in June, Molly was called away because her daughter, the, the young baby... Don't go, Molly. Stay in protective custody or whatever. <laughs> uh, she gave her away for relatives to raise at the time because she right. was sick. Right. Uh, her youngest daughter died. Oh. Uh, there's no evidence of something fishy, but... For the Osage, if anybody dies, it's pretty goddamn fishy. So Molly gets to bury her youngest, and then she goes straight back into court. Shit. June 7th, a couple days after his daughter died, Ernest slipped a note to the deputy on the way out. It was to the prosecutor, John Leahy. Mr. Leahy, is this you talking or the liquor? Randy. I am the liquor. So Ernest said he wanted to talk to him in jail that night. Oh, don't. No, he was he was done lying through his uncle. So oh, he's, okay. he's flipping again. <laughs> so the next day, Ernest walked up to the judge and whispered something. Then he goes to sits on the prosecutor's side of the table. Yeah. What the fuck, man? <laughs> and he said that Hale's longer, uh, lawyers were no longer representing him, and he entered the plea of guilty. I think you have it right, Tony. It's like a fucking telenovela. Type. Yeah. Like, then, like Ernest ripped off a wig yeah, and he's yeah. just like, Ugh. yeah. And the baby wasn't dead the whole time and yeah. she did the bombing. <laughs> so June 21st, 1926, Ernest was sentenced to life in prison. But now White and company had to get Hale and the rest of the guys. Blackie told feds that Hale tried to get him to testify against him and would break him out if he didn't. What was like Machine Gun Kelly doing at this time? Just like hire him clandestinely to go play a gig Mm -hmm. in Oklahoma real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Not the rapist. Right, right. So uh, Blackie said that Hale said that he would break him out if he killed Ernest. But uh, the question was, would 12 white men convict uh, Rich Whitey of killing an Indian? One Oru Sage said, quote, the question was, if a white man killed an Indian, would it be murder or animal cruelty? Oh, fuck you. Good God. That's the Osage saying. Yeah, I know, but but, well, that sounds like a very kind of heartbroken and pessimistic kind of outlook. Mm -hmm. So July 29th, Hale's trial started. So Ernest takes the stand, and this time he didn't fold. He said that the first plan was to poison Roan with bad alcohol. Confirming what the Osage already like knew. Zima? That they were being poisoned by this. Yep, by Zima. Actually, uh, Malibu Malibu with uh, watermelon. Oh, God. That's bad alcohol. Or you take a shot of that and dump it into a fucking, um, uh, what's that energy drink shit? Fucking like Rockstar or Surge or. No, the. Uh, 
the the liquored up booze energy. Oh, four loco. Four loco. God, it's like four loco in Malibu Rome. Well, we have mm. some at the bar. I don't know if somebody did that intentionally or Malibu. If they fuck, it was Malibu with fucking uh, oh watermelon. The watermelon one. Yeah, it's terrible. We uh, I think we got that for free for like a like a hey try a this threat. new yeah right <laughs> try this new like no a, it's fine like a horse we'll, head in your bed we'll just close the bar i'll make you chug the whole thing no so Ernest said that hale was mad that roan was shot in the back of the head because that kind of ruled out the suicide part well i mean he could be very double jointed so two days passed but as the jury deliberated and the judge called them and asked if uh, they made a decision and of course nope the foreman said they're good men and some bad men on this jury and he said some of them had been bribed. Yeah. Super. I didn't see that coming. No nope. oh, shit. <laughs> uh, Brian Burkhart, uh, his trial was a hung jury too. Uh, the Osage were pretty pissed off. Yeah. And let me guess, there's not a single Osage on that jury. Of course not. They're not citizens. Well, Standing Bear was already a person. Yeah. Or were they? I, I can't remember. It was about that time where they, yeah, where they got Yeah, when they finally... Finally... Uh, so White has to guard Hale just in case he gets lynched. Oh, God. That must be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the government prepared retrials. White had the Justice Department look into the first cases, and they found plenty of bribes and threats. One defense attorney offered a bribe to a witness. He refused, and then he pointed a gun in his pocket and said, I'll kill you. He, was just, he was just making finger guns in his pocket. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or it was like a candy bar, the way it fucking yeah. uh, from... Uh, like the chase. The chase, yeah. So the second Hale trial, Molly was called to the stand by Hale's lawyers. They tried to expose her secret of being married to Roan when they were teenagers, but there was basically no point to that. But they, were, they were just trying to make her suffer more. Tell a novella. Jesus. Yeah. They just wanted to throw Ernest off his testimony, too. Uh, October 28th, the jury reached a verdict. Ramsey and Hale were guilty. Holy Whoa, shit. Fuck. They were shocked, and they both got lifed. Good. Yep. I hope they. I'm surprised they didn't have a heart attack when they said the word guilty. I hope mm-hmm. they fucking cry. Yeah, break down crying or. Yeah, I'm gonna imagine that. And he fucking paid off a bunch of the jurors too. And, but he, they... shit, and he shit himself just because yeah. I'm mean. Fuck yeah. It. So a year later, Anna's trial was held. Uh, Morrison recants his story again. Uh, they gave Brian immunity to testify that Morrison shot her while he held her up because she was so drunk or poisoned. So Molly gets to hear the story over again, but Morrison was convicted. Uh, Molly does divorce Ernest, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and any time his name was mentioned, she recoiled in horror. Okay. Spit on the ground. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, yep. <laughs> so for J. Edgar, the case kind of showed off his fancy new bureau, even though Tom White did all the work. Yeah, yeah. He didn't mention how much they fucked it up, uh, how they let Blackie out and he murdered that cop. But he starts to kind of make the FBI myth then. Um, in 1932, they worked with the Lucky Strike Hour to dramatize its cases. Ooh. Ripped straight from the headlines. Oh. And like, you know, like, kind of like Dragnet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. Lucky Strike Hour, sponsored yeah. by Lucky Strike Cigarettes. Lucky mm-hmm. Strikes. That's smooth cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I got a friend who's like, he's such a big fan of the Strokes that he has like, a, and, and Lucky Strike Cigarettes that on his forearm, he's got a tattoo of a pack of uh, Lucky Strikes, but it just says Ooh. the Strokes uh, instead of Lucky Strikes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he nice. uses that arm for, for masturbating. I started oh, smoking Lucky Strikes stroke. lights because they were uh, buy one, get one free at Fort Hood and they were $2 a pack. So you're basically buying one pack of cigarettes per dollar. Weren't they no filter lights? No, the the the, the, the regulars are, are bare ass, and then lights actually had a filter. Okay, that was like uh, on the on the res out out by Shelton. Um, 
up by Little Creek Casino. We used to be able to buy, I mean, I, I didn't smoke, but my roommates would always buy cigarettes out there. Because you go to the, you know, the check stand or whatever, buy your shit, and there's just a basket, like a weaved basket full of packs of cigarettes. Like freshly plucked from the cigarette trees? I guess, but the they're like, they were called the, um, the brand that they had were called Scenic 101s. And it just had like the, you know, Highway 101 kind of like road sign yeah, yeah, yeah. with like a bunch of trees, local, bunch local of trees and shit behind it. And then they were like a dollar a pack because they made them. There's a cigarette rolling facility like right behind the casino over right. there. Yep. There's just a bunch of tribal members back there, like probably after school job type of shit. Yeah. I always imagine it's like the tobacco that like fell out of the machine. It's like all on the floor. They just go around sweeping it up, put yep. it into, you know, new new rolls and then sell them for a dollar a pack. Why not? You know, when you burn it, it gets... Uh, sanitized totally yeah purified, purified by, fire. by fire there's a woodbox gang song where he works at the cigarette rolling factory and he sneaks the cigarette out in between his toes and then rolls them up when he gets home who who's this woodbox gang okay they're 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 on alternative tentacles yeah but they're not real famous but okay check you, them out. you had me listen to them i don't remember that one though yeah so it's like um one johnny pe- cash it's one, one piece, piece at a time, time but yeah. it's yeah one smoke at a time <laughs> Shoes. 
Anyway, on the lucky strike hour, they do this case. And Agent Berger helped write some of the scenes on uh, on an episode of the Osage murder. Oh, so there is a telenovela about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been radio. Oh, this right, is right, right. The right, age right. of the Ovaltine Little Orphan Annie Hour, followed by the Lucky Strike Cigarette, you know, <laughs> followed by the Mobile Oil. So J. Edgar thanked White privately, but of course he takes all the credit. Yep. Uh, he did give White and his men a small pay increase. Yeah. But these old school cowboy types didn't fit the FBI slick back here college boy image. And the Osage Tribal Council was the only government body to publicly thank White and give him credit. Awesome. Soon after Hale and Ramsey were convicted, uh, the assistant uh, attorney general asked White to be the warden of the Leavenworth Federal Prison. Oh, that sounds like a worse job. Well, not really. I guess warden's not bad. I was picturing, for some reason, just prison guard popped in my head. I was like, oh, that sounds like a D fucking motion, bud. Uh, he uh, was asked to clean it up because it was corrupt as hell, too. Oh, yeah. That would have uh, been the one that they call, I think they still call it the castle. That's the old part. Mm-hmm. Actually, the guy from Woodbox Gang went to Leavenworth. No, so he fucked up when he was in the Army. No, he uh, he had a Ponzi scheme for some band t-shirts. <laughs> and since he used the U.S. mails, oh, he landed fickle. in there for a couple of years. Shit. Mm-hmm. For band t-shirts? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> also, I found the uh, I found that uh, Lucky Strike Hour. There's like a radiopublic.com. It's it's a Boxcars Seven One One Old Time Radio Podcast. So it's just like August third, nineteen thirty five, the Osage Indian Murders. G Men. It's well, called no. Gangbusters. Cool. Who are you gonna call? Gangbusters. So uh, White takes the job at uh, Leavenworth because it's a place to settle down and it's more money. Yep. And he can be a jailer just like his paw, and his kids can live at the jail. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, shit. oh yeah, especially Leavenworth. Oh, man, that's mm-hmm. like sending those kids to a private school. Happy birthday. Yeah. I'm going to have a knife fight with fucking yeah. serial killer. <laughs> I think they just got uh, hot water last year. <laughs> yep. Uh, November 17th, 1926, two new inmates arrive, and White shakes their hands. And guess who it was? Hale and Dickhead. Ram- Ramsey. Yep. Oh, shit. Uh, White got to see plenty of the guys he helped put away. And also the two guys that killed his brother years ago. That's always a safe <laughs> work environment. Dude. But he didn't mention it to him because he didn't want to cause him any distress. Yeah. And he didn't have the guards beat the shit out of him or anything uh. like that. Uh, Leavenworth was also known as the hothouse because it was- Growing tomatoes? Oh. Yeah, 115 degrees in there. Yeah. But White tried to improve the conditions there. In 1929, Carl Panzram, you know him? Yeah, dude. Holy shit. He was uh, almost North Dakota's best serial murderer, but he was born in East Grand Forks. Yeah, uh, well, he, he, was the, side. he was the train hopping hobo murderer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Lots of lots of raping. Fucking oh, crazy. He's he's a, that dude's story is so fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with this for he's, some reason. There's a lot of raping evil. in the hobo times and a I'm, lot of killing too, but. Okay. Get your bindle out. And, well, especially like uh, he was super into like the young boys that would be. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like fucking 12, 13 year old oh. boys. Yeah. Carl Panzerham's fucking pure evil. Oh, oh, fuck. Yep. All right. Thanks for that, you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> North Dakota doesn't have any good serial killers like Washington or the, the Wisconsin. We- the weather's the serial killer. Yep. <laughs> But uh, he gets to hang him in 1930 because Panzeram uh, beats a prison employee to death. No. But he didn't let his kids watch like he, he got oh, to. Oh, man. Panzeram yeah. was fucking huge, too, right? Like, he was yeah. he was like a legal giant. Well, first yeah. of all, Panzer means yeah. tank, tank in Germany. So when you say Panzeram, I'm thinking like the new, you know, like the car, the Grand Am. 
But then it's like a tank. <laughs> it's a tank with a, with a with fucking a spoiler. B- and a spoiler and a firebird painted on right? the hood. <laughs> but uh, White treated Hale like any other prisoner, even though he could have been a dick and have him killed like he, Hale tried to have him killed. Uh, Hale got to work on the prison farm, castrating animals. Yeah. Cool. Rocky Mountain oyster. And, of course, Hale never admits to any of the killings. In 1931, Molly was declared un-uncompetent. Un-uncompetent? So she could finally spend her own money any way she wanted. Wow. It's like, uh, it's like the Mr. Show sketch where they got the guy that like commits a murder, but he's too... Uh, it's like supposed to be in Texas, so... He's developmentally disabled, but oh, they right. but they do all this stuff and like get him up to the point just so they can execute him. Yeah, yeah, they like they hey, take him to school for like yeah, a much. long time so he can like. Hey, hey look, his his yeah. IQ's oh, normal. Yeah, your IQ's close enough to normal that now we can put you to death. Funding for this program provided by the Southern Historical Preservation Society and Ragtime Band. During the summer of 1862. The Battle of Turner Springs took place on a patch of farmland owned by Marshall Scott, a Confederate sympathizer. It was a battle which would last for over two weeks and cost thousands of lives. I want to look like that guy. What, you want a fake beard? Yeah. And one of them hats. No, Civil War hat. It was a battle that many thought nope. was over. That's French resistance. The Civil War. The reenactments. <laughs> the reenactment of the Battle of Turner Springs would prove to be one of the fake bloodiest in history. This was an important battle to reenact because it had never been reenacted before. There had been several attempts to reenact it, but each time something had gone awry or afoul or a skew, one time all three. Thousands would come to pretend to be brave. It was a reenactment that pit brother against brother. Travis and Lamar Kittle of Hapsburg, Maryland were born in this modest house on the Mason-Dixon line where they still live today. Travis, a high school dropout and current high school teacher, looked forward to reflecting upon the impending past memory of the future reenactment with great relish. Lamar was a two-time state yelling champion who had dreams of someday finding a box of money. <laughs> the reenactment would take place over 50 miles away and would take the two boys away from their mother for the first time in almost 10 years. It was decided Lamar would be the navigator. Travis would drive the car and photograph him. Mama, here's a funny postcard I bought. Hope you're doing well. We almost are there. What? Oh, Travis says hey. Love, Lamar. And on the front of the postcard, a message of hope to his mother. Your new daughter-in-law. Ha ha. But the distant thunder of drums would soon erase the sounds of their laughter. For this was a day that would not only see north against south, but Lincoln against Lincoln. Well, you see, uh, two Lincolns showed up. Now, that was a case of poor planning, pure and simple. And Lincoln himself had never been at the actual battle in the first place, so neither of them showed up in there. It was too, too many. It was soon time for the battle. 
This rare footage captures a speech given by Blaine Pilden, who portrayed Confederate General Austin Bullard. Today, we simulate the glory of the men who could not be here today. They fought a life battle against death, brothers against cousins, Hus husbands against uncles. They had sores on their hands. On hands. But I've got the permit right here. Look, we're not about some made-up fairy tale party. This is about important history. But we always hold the Renaissance Fair here. We do it every year. Okay, all right. Look, why don't you guys just go out in the parking lot and have your little pageant there? Okay? No! It seems as though we've landed in two different time periods. Thank you, Science Officer Kwandar of Sector 5. Who are you guys supposed to be? Careful, Commander. These aliens appear hostile. Oh, so these guys always show up at our Renaissance Fair, and they, and they pretend that they've been transported from some other time, and then they try to engage us in battle. Set your phaser on stun, Commander. No, you want to just set your phaser on shut up. And you shut up. All right, hey. that's enough. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go, let's go. You guys take off, all right? Just take a hike. Take a hike. Well, eventually everything got squared away and Boss Hogg was able to get the moonshine to his granny. What about the battle leader? Oh, well, that was held out in the parking lot. Yeah, everything was fine, but uh, uh, someone being in a tire on a car, that caused problems for a family of five. What I really would have liked to have seen would have been a battle between the uh, space people and the medieval folks and the Civil War chums. Uh, that park ranger, he could have jumped in there too or wouldn't have minded that. Mr. Burr? Huh? The doctor will see you now. If you want more programming like that, won't you call in your pledge right now? <laughs> Maybe we should go over those premiums again. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, remember, uh, for a slight donation, you'll receive this uh, lovely Civil War reenactment chess set. Take a look at that. Everyone's See, there. there's Link. Uh, December 11th, 1931, uh, Warden White steps out of his office. And he's looking down the barrel of a gun. Uh-oh. Because seven convicts were escaping. Oh. And two of them were ex-Al Spencer gang members. Oh. One guy was named Boxcar. Because really? he was a big guy, not because he raped kids in a boxcar. Ah! <laughs> uh, they had a Winchester, a sawed-off shotgun, and six sticks of dynamite. Damn. I... That, when, I thought we got out of this when we left the 1800s prison system. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, the escapers used White and others as uh, human shields, and they got out, so they take White as a hostage. Oh, fuck. So they get a car, but they slid off the road in the mud, so they flee on foot. Uh, soldiers from Fort Leavenworth helped with the search. Oh, yeah. Uh, they went to a farmhouse, and they grabbed the farmer's daughter. Insert, oh, insert joke here. Mm. She was 18. And, oh, okay. And they also grabbed... No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> grab her younger brother. Uh, while they're out looking for another car, the farmer's daughter tried to run away. So one of the escapers, the jail guys. Escapees. Escapees. Escapers. Uh, he's about to shoot her and White <laughs> grabbed the barrel. 
so that she could escape the escapers. Yep. Escapees. Um, Escapists. Bo- mm-hmm. Uh, boxcar, the big guy, then shoots White with a shotgun. Ouch. Uh, White managed to block part of the shot with his arm. Uh, like fucking Tony Stark. He was still standing, and Boxcar smashed him with the butt of his shotgun. Ouch. And they leave him uh, to die in a ditch. Oh. But White was found in a ditch and rushed to the hospital. Uh, for days, it seemed like he might die, and Docs debated whether to cut off his arm or not. Ah. But he lives and keeps his arm. Damn, dude. Though he couldn't use it after that. But the escapers didn't escape. Uh, so they're not escapers then? Mm-hmm. They, they assumed since they killed the warden, quote-unquote, they didn't know that he was still alive. They assumed that they would be killed if they got caught. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say they assumed since they killed the warden, now they own the prison, like a <laughs> feudal system, like <laughs> yeah, right. they took down the king. Should. That's right. You got to listen to everything you say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We killed him in, you know, mutual combat. <laughs> this is my life. So they're like, oh shit, we killed the warden and now we're surrounded. So Boxcar shot two of his friends and then himself. <laughs> oh, fuck. Whoa, that took a turn. Uh, the others decide to blow themselves up with that dynamite. Oh, my God. The fuck? But they were caught before they could. Dynamite suicide Oh, pack. my God. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, so those guys go back to prison. Fuck. But White. Oh, it was such a simpler a nice, time. Jesus Christ. White was such a nice guy. He gave orders to the guards not to fuck him up. Oh. And, and just treat him like any others. Because they kind of felt stupid now for blowing them, trying to blow themselves <laughs> Don't up. Don't you feel dumb? <laughs> also, why are they trying to shoot the fucking like farmer's daughter? She's just getting away. It's like it's not like it's not like she could do anything. Well, I mean, well lot, they need her later for jokes. A lot of times, if you're part of you know, I'm sure if you're part of the Spencer gang, you're not necessarily overburdened with a overabundance of uh, uh, intelligence or, yeah, or yeah. Uh, wow rationality. <laughs> Uh, White recovers, but he moves to La Tuna Prison in El Paso, which is a little less stressful. J. Edgar used the case to make the myth of the FBI, and it led to all the high-profile cases in the 30s. And he becomes a, a real bastard. Even <laughs> yeah. Becomes? Yeah, no, I think uh, he started out that way. <laughs> J. Edgar lives until 1972 to fuck shit up with the civil rights movement and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, White retired in 1951. Uh, when another agent reminded him, J. Edgar sent a note saying, congratulations. He had to be reminded to, to do that. <laughs> no, God. Wow. In 1959, Jimmy Stewart, who actually went in the Army, not like John Wayne. Yeah. He, uh, or actually what, he was a pilot for, for Air, Army. Army, 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 Air He stars in the FBI story, which had a segment on the Osage case. Uh, White volunteered to help, but no one took him up on it. No, we'd rather just make up total bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, J. Edgar had a cameo in the movie, though. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, after the movie, White, White went to work on a book to kind of document the case and try to get credit for his men who worked on it. White went to write? Mm-hmm. Mm. White asked J. Edgar for some of the case files to be open so he could use them. But uh, J. J. Edgar is a piece of shit, so mm-hmm. new. Well, he couldn't be bothered to write back. He had his right-hand man, or maybe more than that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he said we can only furbish limited routine material, if any. So he didn't basically open, like, open nah, the case. Nah. Nope, not gonna happen. Uh, White was getting old by 1959, and he had injured himself walking. But he holds on until 1971, where he dies in December. Holy shit! Uh, Hoover sent flowers after that. After he was told that he probably should send flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what humans do? <laughs> <laughs> so case closed, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. 
2012. What the fuck? The guy who wrote this book, which ended up being a New York Times bestseller, so I'm sure other people might know this story better than Killers of the Flower Moon, The Osage Murders and Birth of the FBI by David Gran. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's down in uh, Oklahoma doing research, but the Osage is there. Ask him to look in all these other deaths, these 20-some-odd deaths, because Hale was only convicted of the two. And there might have been well into the hundreds of mysterious deaths by other guardians. Yeah. Motherfuckers, dude. Mm -hmm. Shittiest guardians ever. Yep. So a lot of this stuff is still up up in the air. We'll get to that. After uh, Molly remarried after Ernest, and she dies in 1937 at age 50. Uh, Later that year, Ernest was released from prison. The Osage Tribal Council said he couldn't come back to Osage County. Could not, right? Yep. Okay. Um, but he did anyway, and oh. he robbed an Osage home and was sent back to prison God in 1947. This is why we didn't want you to come back here, motherfucker. You had one fucking job, prison system. Oh, uh, in 1947, Hale was released because he was 72 and was a model prisoner. But uh, he was forbidden to set foot in Oklahoma. But he went there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but he dies in 1962 in a nursing home in uh, California, I think. Oh. I don't think he does get back. 1966, Ernest was granted a pardon and went back to Osage County. Larry tries to reconnect with his family. Hey, I just want to talk. Fuck off, yeah, yeah. But eventually he uh, gets friendly enough with his son named Cowboy, if you remember that. Yep. But Ernest dies in 1986. Whoa. And he asks that his ashes sp- were be spread over the county. Dude, just leave the place alone, you fuck ass. Mm-hmm. So the ashes sit in Cowboy's house for a couple of weeks. Finally, he just gets mad and throws them over a bridge. Good. Yeah. But uh, oil went from $3 a barrel to $0.65 cents in 1931, and the Great Depression wiped out whatever fortunes they had left. That wasn't robbed from them. Also, by that point, oil was about pumped out of the area. But uh, today, about 10,000 wells remain, but they only get about 15 barrels a day, which isn't much. 15 barrels? Yeah. I think I could do that with a hand pump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. So Margie Burkhart, that's Molly's granddaughter uh, in in. 2011, she was in her 50s, so she was getting checks for maybe like $2,000 a year or something, but not 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 close. In 2011, the Osage got back part of what uh, was taken from them by the government for $380 million. Ooh. That's a start. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it would be worth a lot more if you invested it back in 1920 or whatever, yeah. not piss it away. Uh, but today, uh, many Osages have white people in their family line like grandparents and great uncles and they kind of have to wonder if uh, a lot of these mysterious deaths of their relatives uh, if their relatives had something to do with it that married into the family oh yeah so I would be interested I mean I'm sure there can be other factors to this but I'd be interested to see the ratio of you know European style Americans like intermarrying with Osage versus different nations Oh, like, like if is, there's a it, higher degree of it? Right. Is right. it like any, the anybody that doesn't have a the oil? Because the oil sure. are kind of unique in the way that their oil was run, you know, but yeah. like, like, is that match up with, like, say, the Cherokee or whatever? Sure, sure. So uh, also investigated was H.G. Burt. He was the town banker. He probably killed plenty of Osages for the oil rights. He was investigated but never tried. So justice for maybe two people. Uh, not, good not, God. not in the hundreds where yeah, they should have been. That sounds about right for this kind of shit. Uh, so there's also a ballet about the murders. What? Because Mar- Maria and Marjorie Tallchief, okay. they are born in Fairfax in the 1920s, and they became world-famous ballerinas okay. in their Osage. 
So there's like a dance at some point, like Hale comes out mm-hmm. in a leotard and does a pirouette. Interpretive. Yep. Well, it's, it's like the nutcracker. You just go up and kick him in the nuts. There you go. Yep. There you go. Clarence Tinker, he was another Osage. He reached the rank of Major General. Oh, he, he was lost in WW2. His plane was lost. Oh, shit. Uh, Jerry Elliott, uh, uh, NASA, he helped in Apollo 13. Oh, cool. And also Larry Sellers, he was in Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. These are famous Osages. Oh. I also, don't I know some? No, it's Mikey Sellers. Jeez. Yeah. Larry Sellers, <laughs> Mikey Sellers. And, of course, 2015, windmills go up in Osage County, and the Osage Nation files a lawsuit, and they claim that the wind turbine uh, company dug up limestone for the foundation, which would be their mineral rights. Yeah. But the court sided with the, the wind company, Shit. and they didn't get any money out of it, but it's kind of a desperate attempt to get some of that money back. Uh, between 1907 and 1923, 605 Osages died. That uh, amounts to about 19 per thousand. The national rate was 8.5 per thousand, but you were thinking at the time, if you're rich, you would get better. Longer life expectancy, yeah. yeah. If you're not actively being poisoned. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, and I'm sure they're probably still working on getting a little little payback from all this, but. It's just crazy. Like the, the native people, they get fucked, right? Completely. And then like, they finally get to a point where they're like, holy shit, we actually have like some kind of wealth in our fucking community. Yeah. And then it's just like, Whitey's like, no, cannot stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, well, you will not. And and there's just like gou- fucking price gouging them left and right. And then this hail guy, dude, that's just a cold ass motherfucker. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. and he's like probably thinking, you know, like, oh, I don't, I haven't done anything personally. Yeah. So my if hands I get clean, if I get these other people to do the actual fucking dirty deeds for me, and then I'll get someone else to kill them mm-hmm. or get them locked up so that like you know they can't fucking tattle on me. It's like this web of fucking horseshit. Right. Well, that uh, it's just like you're uh, saying, like, no, you can't have any. Some of these people were probably not, you know, beyond bribes a bribe, but, you know, it's not that much. But it's more like the, no, fuck these guys. You know, like, if if they're being successful, it's taking away from my success. Yeah, yeah. That that kind of shitty attitude. Well, it's just still a trope today. It's like people like, ooh, fucking... If if we raise the minimum minimum wage, then I get fucked. It's like yeah, no, yeah. no. If if people doing like people in a shitty spot, do you elevate them so they can help and do, yeah. or you know you can help them and they can do better? It doesn't mean you're going to do worse. Yeah, yeah. Everything gets elevated when that happens. Exactly. It's and like, they, if you get people enough money, they don't steal your shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they spend it in your precious little economy over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, motherfuckers. All right. Uh, you got any more? That's it. Holy fuck, that was arduous, but I think I think the end really kind of paid it off. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like it's I said, not it was, often you actually get justice, but I mean, only for two. two. Yeah, <laughs> but still, like the the all the twists and turns, it it's a fucking soap opera. It's right, telenovela. It's fucking <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Now, and now we'll have to check out the probably more competent version of this story that's getting really I, oh, I think yeah. I just heard a commercial for it on Behind the Bastards wait mm-hmm. what there's like a a podcast about this that's why I like rushed, specifically about this, it this oh no yeah. shit so I'm, I'm hoping they have more current information yeah yeah. but he had he had read the book quite some time ago yeah and was kind of like mostly prepped for this episode and then they announced that that was gonna happen well, we're no, like oh I, shit 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 
Well, I like started reading it just just for fun because I thought it would be too just too, to... too late for ours. Oh, I see. And then it's like halfway through, it's like yeah, now we got to do this. And then and I literally opened the the computer and was about to type the first thing, and then I heard that commercial. It's like ah, <laughs> beat us to it. Probably did it a lot better. Probably, but that wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> but at least probably in their episode, they wouldn't have any tangents about Ninja Three: The yeah. Domination. Fucking a, take that, professionals. Yeah, you were, well, you're, <laughs> Tangent free podcast like a boring. little Lord Fauntleroy over here. Fucking boring. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm I'm actually definitely gonna check that out too. Yeah, well now that I now that I've got some background info on it, hell yeah. But yeah, so I guess uh, that, 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 that'll be it for this week. What do you, what do you, what do you piss off, Lou? Uh, cool. Well, we will come back with some other thing that I don't know anything about. Probably next yep. week. But until we do that. We are going to go out in a hail. Not the guy hail, though. Not, no. no, fuck hail. No, did that. Of oil well fire. There we mm. go. Mm-hmm. Or poison yeah. fire. Oh, poison, poison fire. Yeah, poison Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, you just drank some Mountain Dew. <laughs> Climb out of my ass. Fucking sit in your fucking tower. Shit's already poisoned. Fuck you, Miles City. I can blow a big bubble for the best bubble gum. Got 12 toothpicks in my nail and thumb. 15 pairs of socks and a will for 32 feet that I won't keep still. But God don't care. God lives in a tree. The devil drives a tractor. Devil drinks whiskey. Oh, the devil. The devil's got gibbs on me.
Scott. 